Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Fear is a tactic of the devil. Perhaps his second best tactic. After lying. He thrives in darkness. He loves it when he gets you to think that you are in darkness. To doubt over what you cannot see and know. To fear what you cannot see in the physical world. To see what you cannot see in the spiritual world. He loves it when societies are thrown into chaos. He loves to make you think that he has a stronghold. And not only that, but that he is in control. In control of the world, in control of the country, in control even of your house. He loves to make you fear. This is the devil's tactic. And one that, he, that he's been doing from the very beginning. Convincing Adam and Eve that it was God who had kept them in the dark. They were afraid that they didn't know what was good. But it was only after they believed the devil's lies that they truly knew evil. Never since then, the devil used the fear of being in the dark and in evil to stir up even more fear, including the fear of what is good. Even Jesus, as, as Jesus himself casts out a demon, the devil convinced some in the crowd to be afraid of Jesus. They said, he drives out demons by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. Of course, the idea that Jesus would be casting out demons by the power of the devil is ridiculous. The devil may be evil, but he's not stupid. He isn't going to fight against himself. Jesus cannot be working for the devil. But the devil likes to use fear. Before this, apparently some of them had been able to cast out demons. But Jesus, healing of the man, had placed them in the situation where they weren't in control. And Jesus' good work made them fearful. Fearful of losing their own high status. Rather, our text says, Jesus drove out demons by the finger of God. That's the real reason for the opposition to Jesus. Those who reject Jesus know that uh, if they acknowledge his divine authority and power to cast out demons then something wonderful, something amazing, something prophesied of old is happening right then and there. It means Jesus is the light. But it also proves what they don't want to believe. That they are in darkness and in need of light. Their own sin, their own evil, their own, the, the devil himself holding them captive in darkness. It is true that the devil has power. When a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe. The devil will use whatever weapons are in his arsenal to keep his possessions. He will lie to you and make you to believe that you are in the light when in fact you are in the darkness. Making you believe things like sexual immorality and any kind of impurity or greed are no big deal. And he obscures God's word, which says, No immoral, impure, or greedy person has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. But on the other hand, the devil wants to make you fear that you are in darkness, when in fact you are 
actually in the light. The devil will make you fear, believing that everything you see around you today means that God cannot possibly be in control. And so that means that he alone, the devil, is controlling your house. Today he will make you fear someone who is sick, stirring up disgust and horror. He will make you fearful of good. He will make you run from helping your neighbor in need. He will even make you deprive your neighbor of what he needs, including including basic items at the grocery store, and cause you to look out for no one's best interests but your own. He will make you, you deathly afraid, worried, and nervous. He will make you think dying is only horrible, and that there is nothing more to be feared than dying by a virus. And the reason he does this is that he is trying to make you despair of God. To be unwilling and unprepared to die. To be under the darkness of doubt. To make you forget and lose Christ, your light and your life. And in doing so, the devil will get you to align with himself. But this fear is only a tactic. It has no substance because it is based on the devil's lies. You are not in darkness. Christians are light in the Lord. God says you are a child of the light. The devil is strong. He is the prince of this world. But we have someone stronger. One who not only created the world, but preserves it and has redeemed it. And what's more, Christ not only guards and preserves the world, but your house. You. You are a possession of Christ. But when someone stronger attacks him and defeats him, he takes away that man's full armor in which he trusts and divides up his plunder. Jesus is stronger than the devil, defeating him with just the power of his word. The devil tried and succeeded in killing Jesus, but this was God's ultimate victory because through death, death itself was defeated. And the resurrection proves the power of God's word. By Jesus' word, he rips apart every weapon that the devil would use. His lies cannot deceive us. Our sins have no power over us. Even death cannot harm us. While the world fears over what they cannot see, viruses invisible to the eye, and death, Christians see with the eyes of faith a light that has overcome the darkness. No angels, nor demons, nor anything else in all creation shall be ever ever able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because Christ has defeated the devil in the spiritual world, that also means he has in this world. No virus, no stock market crash, no panic media reaction can rob Christians of your joy and your hope that Jesus will give his victory and dominion over sin and death to all who believe in him. We aren't the first to face the tactic of fear by the devil, especially in an epidemic. 500 years ago, in 1527, 
an epidemic referred to as the Black Death, raged through Germany. Martin Luther wrote a letter called, How Should a Christian Act During a Deadly Epidemic? Essentially said that a powerful plague in which death is the end is for Christians only a small and a weak thing. Of course, this doesn't mean we should be careless and reckless. We should not put God to the test. Luther compares an epidemic to a, to a burning house. Putting God to the test would be to sit and, and watch that house burn down and allow the fire to spread until the, the entire city is consumed and burns down, saying, if God wanted to, he could, he could put the fire out without flames or, and put out the fire without water. Luther says this, No, my dear friends, this is not good. Use medicine. Take treatments which can help you. Keep away from persons and places wherever your neighbor does not need your presence. What else is the epidemic but a fire in which, a consuming, in which instead of consuming wood and straw devours life and body? You ought to think in this way. Very well, by God's decree, the enemy, the devil, has sent us poison and deadly garbage. Therefore, I will ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I will help purify the air, give out medicine, and take it myself. I will avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order to not become contaminated and thus perhaps infect and transmit it to others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me. And I have done what he has expected of me, and so I am not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid any place or person, but will go freely. Note the confidence expressed in Luther's letter. If God should wish to take me, he will find me. The devil does not get to have control over our life or our death. But we also shouldn't be spiritually reckless. Christ explains in our gospel what the price of spiritual recklessness is. A person who does not use the, the word of Christ as the defense against the devil is like someone who leaves their house wide open to the infection of the devil. So the demons return. And it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than himself, and they go in and dwell there. The last condition of that man becomes worse than the first. A house not defended by Christ is one where the devil can easily burn down. But Christ himself provides the means and the power to defend us and keep us safe. In fact, Christ himself guards his house. Christ removes the plague of our sin in the absolution. He washes away the sickness of our depravity in the waters of baptism. He gives us the healing medicine of immortality in his body and blood in the Lord's Supper. That's what Ignatius of Antioch, who was probably a disciple of John the Apostle, called the Lord's Supper. He said Christ's body and blood are the medicine of immortality and the antidote to death that we might not die eternally, but live forever in Jesus Christ. 
After our service, if you desire, you will have the opportunity to partake of this medicine of immortality that the divine physician, Jesus, gives to you. It may not be the antidote to physical, earthly viruses, but it is the remedy for our greatest need, for our sins, our guilt, and death. Through his word and sacraments, Christ promises that he guards his own house and will not let you be overcome. Hear one more quote from Luther, encouraging Christians in an epidemic as to what they can now say to the devil. Get away, you devil, with your terrors. If you can terrorize, Christ can strengthen me. If you can kill, Christ can make alive. If you have poison in your fangs, Christ has far greater medicine. Here Christ is and here I am, his servant in this work. Let Christ prevail. Christ's promises which he has placed in your ears and on your tongue are what you can receive now to combat the power of the fear of the devil. Because when Christ speaks to you, it isn't veiled in darkness or, or lies. It's light, pure goodness, pure righteousness, and pure truth. But what can you do as you go to your house when you are afraid? As it gets dark and you worry about the, the fears of this life. <clears throat> you can pray Luther's evening prayer. Which you have printed every week in your congregation at prayer. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day. And I pray you to forgive me all my sins where I have done wrong, and graciously keep me this night. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.